Howdy, this is the Views from the Shot Podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today it is Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. And I wish you a very, very, very happy International Mother Language Day. Today's show is, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. And speaking of... Big Banter Sports. In case you missed it, on Monday, I published an article on the Big Banter Sports website giving updates on Colin White and Junie Motley. Those, of course, are the two commitments Ohio State has in the 2024 class. You can go check that out. You can find it on the Twitter page. You can look up Big Banter Sports, Google it. They'll show right up for you. So check out that article, some good tidbits, scoops, and all that there. Also, we are nearly to 300 followers on X slash Twitter. So, if you don't mind and you can help us get there, first of all, if you're not already following, you should be. But if you're already following, you may say, "Mm, this doesn't apply to me. Wrong. It does apply to you. You have friends who are on Twitter. You have family. If there happens to be a stray cell phone laying around, just... Open up Twitter on that cell phone, follow Views from the Shop podcast, and you've done your good deed for the day, and it doesn't hurt anyone. So, I would recommend you do that. Let's get to 300 before this Minnesota game. Speaking of Minnesota, by the way, follow, subscribe, like on all the platforms, including on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere, wherever you are listening to this podcast. And, oh, one other thing, yes, like the tweet that came out on Wednesday morning saying, hey, this is the Minnesota preview episode. Like that, please. Okay, speaking of Minnesota, we got to talk about Ohio State taking on the Golden Gophers. And in this episode, we're going to go through Minnesota's resume to this point, their offense and defense, as always. We'll talk biggest storylines, keys to the game. I got a banger bet that we simply cannot pass up on. And then a prediction to close out this show. But before we get into Minnesota and this matchup, I first must issue a special statement to Minnesota head coach Ben Johnson. Because I apologize, I was not familiar with your game, Mr. Johnson. Apparently, Minnesota doesn't suck this year. And based on the departures, based on the fact that Minnesota was losing its best player in Jameson Battle to the Ohio State University Buckeyes, I assumed heading into this season that Minnesota was going to finish in 13th or 14th in the Big Ten with Penn State. And boy, was I wrong about that. Not only was I wrong about it, but Ohio State, who I picked to finish 5th in the Big Ten, currently sitting in 13th, and Michigan... Right now sitting in last place in the Big Ten. So my final two, my bottom two in the Big Ten coming into this season. Hey, look, it's out there. You can find it. And I will be the first to raise my hand and say I was wrong about something. Because I'm a humble guy. And that's why you should listen to this show. It's because listening to guys who are prideful just certainly cannot be fun. I didn't think Minnesota was going to be good this year. Quite frankly, I don't think anyone did. But Minnesota has been good. Under Ben Johnson, sitting at 16-9 and this season. So, apologies, Ben. I hope that we can hug it out, kiss and make up, 
at some point. Although, mm, no, we'll, we'll, we'll make up at some point, Ben. Okay. So let's talk about this Minnesota team sitting at 16 and nine right now in the season as a team. They're 67th in Ken Palm. Ohio State, by the way, is 62nd. Minnesota 67th, Ohio State 62nd. And isn't it just so funny how expectations can change the the vibe of two nearly identical seasons? Ohio State sits at 15 and 11 right now. Two and a half games or one and a half games, something like that, behind Minnesota overall. And yet the vibes at Minnesota are likely much better than the vibes at Ohio State. That's the price you pay when it is the Ohio State University. They're 78th in the net. Ohio State a couple spots higher. And as of right now, 7-7 seven seven in Big Ten play. Most recently, they beat Rutgers 81-70 to on Saturday. They'll have a little bit of a rest advantage in this one. But given that this game is on Thursday, there is plenty of time in between these games for Ohio State to get rested up as well. So not really a huge deal. Now, 7-7 seven and seven in Big Ten play would essentially say, mm, we're average. And if this team is truly average, it would, it would pretty much make sense. So Minnesota was swept by Iowa. Okay, that's, that's fine. They split with Michigan State. They lost to Purdue. They lost to Wisconsin. They lost to Indiana. They beat Northwestern. So this Big Ten schedule that Minnesota has been trafficking in, since the beginning of December, since it lost to Ohio State to kick off Big Ten play, um, they are average. They beat some good teams. They lost to some bad teams. And all in all, here they are, sitting at 7-7. Seven and seven. As of right now, not in the NCAA tournament conversation, but there's still time for Minnesota to get there. Now, this game will be played on a Thursday night at 9 local time. 9 our time, I should say, if we are in the Eastern time zone. I guess local time would be 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock Central, 9 Eastern on a Thursday night in Minnesota, in the barn. And Minnesota this season sits at 14-3 and three. at home. They've won each of their last three games that they played at home over teams like Michigan State, Northwestern, Rutgers, Mm, not pushover teams, that's for sure. Even in the Big Ten, Rutgers has kind of turned it on to this point. So, Minnesota, I can't, I cannot, I, I cannot continue to say Minnesota in this episode without thinking of that that glorious video and the soundbite of of uh, Joe Biden just just saying Minnesota. So. Hopefully you think of it that way too. And you know what? I'm probably going to throw that blurb in somewhere in this show, so be advised. All right, Minnesota's offense and defense. So offensively, it turns out this team doesn't suck. Averaging 76 points per game, 113.6. Offensive rating is above average. 48% from the field. Okay, 36% from the three-point line. Okay, 19 assists per game. That's fifth in the NCAA. Fifth in the NCAA is Minnesota in assists per game. Who would have thunk that would happen coming into this season? Certainly not I, and probably not you either. Did you know, by the way, the Big Ten has three teams inside the top 14 in assists per game and four in the top 25 and five in the top 40? Did you know that? Well, now you do. Now, Minnesota likes to share the ball. 
good shooting team. They get good shots up. Overall, this has turned into a pretty good offensive team. And where they start with their scoring is scoring and transition. They allow they average 17 fast break points per game. Cam Christie, who has been better than advertised as a freshman, he averages 2.5 points per game in transition. Dawson Garcia, Mike Mitchell also contributing nearly two points per game in transition. So shout out to those three specifically. Those are the guys who maybe you can watch and keep an eye on when it comes to Minnesota getting out and running. So Minnesota likes to get out and run. They like to score in transition, but they also move the ball really, really well. Already talked about their assist per game numbers. Their assist rate is actually better than their assist per game number. 68% assist rate is second in all of the NCAA so far this season. And a lot of that obviously comes from transition. But one player that is is leading the way for Minnesota when it comes to distributing the ball is Elijah Hawkins. He's only 5'11", but he averages, and not saying that your height for some reason correlates with your assist per game numbers, but he averages 7.6 assists per game. That is first in the nation at Minnesota. 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 Are you kidding me? Elijah Hawkins, a guy at Minnesota, leading the nation in assists per game. That's just not something that you really come to expect at Minnesota. For what it's worth, it's just it's it's been it's been a, a an odd and yet impressive year in that regard for Minnesota and Elijah Hawkins. Seven point six assists per game, first in the nation. Now these numbers actually rose right after. The Ohio State game. Did some digging here. He only averaged 5.4 assists per game in the first seven games of the season. That included that loss to Ohio State. And since then, he's averaging 8.7 assists per game. Including five games with 10 plus assists. And one game with 17 assists. Let's just, let's do some math really, really quickly here. Because I want to check this out. How many times has Ohio State had 17 assists in a game. Let me pull this up on CBB Analytics, shall we? 17 or more. Uh, so they did it uh, one, two, three. I'm going to go through this quick. Don't worry. Four, five, six, seven games. Seven games this season, they've had 17 assists. One player did it for Minnesota. And most of those games in which Ohio State did have a bunch of assists, it was against teams like Santa Clara. Who, who actually, Santa Clara is playing really good basketball right now. This is going to help Ohio State if they somehow get on the bubble. They did it against Central Michigan. They did it against Merrimack. You remember the days when Ohio State was playing Merrimack and we were full of hope and love for Ohio State basketball? How the tides have turned. Except for they've kind of turned back again with Ohio State beating Purdue. But, Elijah Hawkins, the guy. And Minnesota shoots the ball really well. 55% effective field goal percentage. 48% from the field, like I said, 55% inside the three-point line, 36% outside the three-point line. All of these numbers are above average to fantastic. This is a really, really good spacing team, and that comes from guards who can shoot and big men who force you to guard them. Dawson Garcia, he's 6'11". He's 32% from the three-point line. That's not insanely good. But it's good enough to make you have to guard him. When you're making one three-pointer per game, you got to come out. 
and you got to guard him. When he's 6'11", that will allow you to open up the floor and space it a lot better. And, and on the flip side, imagine, for example, if Zed Key or Felix Akpara were making one three-pointer. Just one. One per game. How different would that offense look? How um, less clunky would things look in the paint with Evan Mahaffey splashing a three per game? Minnesota gets that. And, and they're reaping the reward. And when you look at the big men, when you've got your big men getting the ball in the paint, on post-ups, they've got the freedom to kick that ball out for triples. They love double ball screens as well. They, they, they use screens constantly. They love double ball screens. One on the right, one on the left. You choose and you go. And it's just a high-end use of screens in general. They love to run screen for screener actions as well. So Minnesota, really good spacing, really good off-ball movement. Something I am jealous of as an Ohio State basketball investor. So... Minnesota has that going for them. The only thing they're not great at offensively is scoring in the paint. Pharrell Payne is averaging 10 points per game, but unless he's at the rim, and I mean at the rim under the basket, he's not efficient scoring anywhere else on the floor. Not in the paint, not outside the paint, certainly not from the three-point line, anything like that. As a team, Minnesota can score really from anywhere, but in the paint and not at the rim. Anywhere else are pretty good. So mid-range, deep, at the rim, all that is great. But in the paint and not at the rim specifically, not the greatest. Overall, this is a good offensive team that that Minnesota is sporting. And at this point, enjoying a a better season than a lot of us expected. Dawson Garcia leading the way, averaging 17.5 points per game for Minnesota this season. Elijah Hawkins only averaging 8.5. But when you're creating over 7 assists per game, you're going to take that. Cam Christie, of course, he's been a really good freshman for Minnesota so far this season. Joshua Joseph, someone I mentioned in the first preview episode when Ohio State took on Minnesota. He's averaging 8.6 points per game as well. So the scoring is pretty well distributed, and they're shooting the ball really well. Now, defensively, let's talk about Minnesota defense. Because if they're playing so well offensively, and they've got the record that they've got, you would assume that maybe the defensive numbers aren't quite where you'd like them to be. But... They're allowing 69 points per game, 103.2 defensive rating, 43% of shots from the field go in, and 34% of shots from the three-point line go in. That's mostly fine across the board defensively for Minnesota. Now, there are a couple of areas of mm, maybe not weakness, but not complete strengths for Minnesota defensively. Number one, and I talked about this in the preview episode as well, Elijah Hawkins, um, He, on the surface, if you just watch the box score, you'll see, hmm, Elijah Hawkins steals a lot of passes or balls or dribbles or however you may interpret that. He he can steal. We know that about Elijah Hawkins. Yeah, he can. But when Ohio State took on Elijah Hawkins the first time, it seemed like every time you look up, Elijah Hawkins was getting toasted. He is not a good all-ball on-ball defender. Again, he stands at 5'11". He's small. Minnesota is not good at defending shots from the top of the key. And it's not a coincidence that Elijah Hawkins plays point guard. So there's that. 37% of shots from the top of the key go in. That's 5.5 percentage points worse than the average in college basketball. So Minnesota, really, really not good from there. Uh, they're a solid defensive rebounding team for what it's worth. But actually, before I get into that, 
defensively in general elijah hawkins kind of gets lost out there sometimes but minnesota seems to be a little bit i won't go as far to say inept but their ability to guard screens and have clear defensive keys is something that they just don't have at this point it's not a strength for them so if you're a team like ohio state that struggles in the half court at times if you can use screens, if you can use off-ball movement, if you can use action like Roddy Gale did this a bunch against Purdue, rewatch the game on Monday just for fun, rewatch that game. We saw Roddy Gale, we saw Evan Mahaffey, good just cutting from, from the wing into the paint. When things get congested, give me that ball, let me dunk it. That's what Roddy Gale did very, very well. And that one created a couple buckets for Ohio State as a couple other players did as well. So if Ohio State can do that and just be a little bit more slippery offensively, you'll have a shot to get a couple more good shots up against Minnesota. We'll get into the rebounding now. Solid defensive rebounding team, 26 defensive rebounding, uh, defensive rebounds per game. However, 71st defensive, or it's not 71st, 71% defensive rebounding rate leaves plenty of room for improvement. Dawson Garcia, given his size, he's not a very productive rebounder. Given his size, he's not a productive rebounder. His rebounding numbers are still fine, but 6'11", you'd like to see more. Pharrell Payne does a fine job as well. But overall, offensively, this team has been pretty good. Moving the ball around. Very good spacing. They use a lot of nice actions. But defensively, you'd like to see improvement there. On ball, off ball, defending screens, staying active, things like that. Something Minnesota isn't the best at. So... Knowing Minnesota's offense and defense since we were in, what, December 1st-ish range when the Buckeyes took on the Golden Gophers, let's talk about the biggest storylines heading into this one. Number one, this is unfortunately just a copy and paste from the past 13 months, you could say. Will Ohio State win a road game? Now, here's what I'll say about this one. Number one, this is a tough matchup. Minnesota doesn't suck. Ohio State beat Minnesota the first time around, but Minnesota is not a horrible basketball team. So it's already a tough matchup, but this is a Thursday night game on the road at 9 p.m. Eastern in the barn. It's already weird that, that your bench is not up on the floor. That's just awkward, but the fact is, you're playing not a Wisconsin, not a Michigan State, not a Purdue on a Thursday night at 9 o'clock. It's Minnesota. I'm not saying it's going to be a difficult game to get up for. I think if you need if you need help getting up for games, like if, if you need that, that huddle where you lock shoulders with everyone else, you kind of wrap your arms around everyone, and, and you, you sway back and forth in a bit of a circle, and you need that in order to get hyped up to play a Division I college basketball game, um, you probably aren't playing Division One college basketball because those things kind of go hand in hand. But there are some games that you don't need any help getting up for. There's plenty of adrenaline when the tip-off uh, occurs, like the game against Purdue. This one against Minnesota is not that way. So this is a tough matchup for Ohio State. The barn is a tough place to play in. Minnesota 14-3 and at home this season. Ohio State hasn't won a home game in nearly 14 calendar months. So, that's storyline number one. Can Jake Diebler, the change in head coach, lead Ohio State to a win on the road? Number two, will Ohio State attack Elijah Hawkins? Now, I didn't go back 
to game number one between these two teams this season to see how many points Ohio State scored specifically on Elijah Hawkins. But I noticed it when they were scoring on him. Buckeyes, they 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 took advantage of that matchup. They attacked the point guard in game one. Hawkins, his defensive numbers, again, they've actually gotten a lot better since the last time these two teams have played. But his size and his propensity to foul at two and a half fouls per game, which is absolutely awful, that will give Ohio State a chance to capitalize. So I would love to see Ohio State continue to go at him. Bruce Thornton, 6'2", got a couple of inches in height advantage on Elijah Hawkins. But would you believe that I'm getting another scam call? I, I am getting pelted with scam, scam calls. And as I've said in previous a uh, previous episode, just maybe last week, sometimes I answer them and I play around for a little bit because, hey, they're not going to get me. But while they're trying to get me, they can't go get Earthel down the road who's 83 years old and still has a landline. So there's that. Um, that That's the end of that conversation. Yeah, hopefully Ohio State attacks Elijah Hawkins, I guess. Uh, Thornton has a size advantage both in the height but also in the play strength. He's a more thickly built young man is Bruce Thornton. And stronger base, stronger play, play strength. He can get to the paint. He keeps his dribble. Really, really smart basketball player is Bruce Thornton. I think he can take advantage of Elijah Hawkins in this one. Number three for Ohio State. How will Ohio State find open looks? Now... Against Purdue, Ohio State pushed the ball more in transition, which in turn led to better looks, and they took advantage. Ohio State made those shots, and I think even in this game against Purdue, they were making shots that over the past month, two months, they don't make consistently. They should make, but they haven't made. So, can that be replicated? I don't know. We'll see. But, in Ohio State's first game against Minnesota... In, in a, a very similar fashion, Ohio State enjoyed a 124.2 offensive rating and a 65% true shooting percentage. They also went 6 of 6 on corner triples. They were 11 of 16 at the rim. Corner triples, I don't know how you can replicate that, but getting shots up at the rim, that's something that you can do as a part of your game plan and making them, you, you, you have a little less luck that you need when you're shooting the ball at the rim. So if Ohio State can continue that in this one against Minnesota, they'll have a shot to win. Minnesota, in their own right, they shot really well the first time they took on Ohio State. But the Buckeyes won this game with the three-point ball. Jamison Battle scored 25 points. He was 4-6 or from deep. After telling me specifically, no, I don't consider this a revenge game. Okay, Jamison, BS. Let me, remind me, hey Siri, remind me to never remember what Jamison Battle tells me ever again. And now I have to cancel out my Siri because I don't want her to actually listen to me. But she listens all the time, and I don't know why I give her that privilege. Bruce Thornton had 26 points in this one. Roddy Gale was 2 of 3 from distance. So the Buckeyes' big three were productive offensively. Can they get those open looks again? I think it's going to come down to pushing the ball, moving the ball in transition. And that, by the way, that gives you a little sneaky over in this one. If you're looking at at some betting markets in this one, maybe, maybe we take a look at the over. Because Minnesota's a good offensive team. They're not the best defensive team. Ohio State against Purdue pushed the ball a little bit more, and that provided more points for them. So, hmm. Makes you wonder. We'll see. 
We'll see what happens. Storyline number four in this one. Can Ohio State win within the confines of the half court? Remember, Ohio State scored 22 points off turnovers against Purdue. You really cannot replicate that amount of production off turnovers, even against a team like Minnesota who does turn the ball over a lot. It's just hard to replicate game in and game out, especially based on Ohio State's defensive style where they don't try to turn you over all that much. So you have that. But if Ohio State can be successful within the confines of the half court without turnovers, they're going to have a really good shot to win this game. The competition, all due respect to Minnesota and Ben Johnson, how dare I ever disrespect him and his squad ever game, what he has in the maroon and gold or whatever they, they may consider their colors to be. Obviously, the marketing there isn't as good as the scarlet and gray. Everyone knows the scarlet and gray. What color is Alabama, by the way? Competition at Minnesota cannot compare to Purdue. But Ohio State will need to win on the short half of the floor to beat Minnesota. Because if you're coming into this game expecting, hey, Ohio State under Jake Diebler, they can score a bunch of points in transition. They can score a bunch of points off turnovers. Hard to replicate. Buckeyes going to have to be successful in the half court. It'll be interesting to see. Because Ohio State's going to get more opportunities in the half court, I think, because they're just not going to force as many turnovers. It's hard to imagine that. But again, Minnesota will turn the ball over a little bit. We'll talk about that here in just a second. But before we get to keys of the game, banger bets, and a prediction, I'm going to talk to you about college basketball analytics. at cbbanalytics.com. Go there right now. Pull it up on your phone, your tablet, your um, what is the other thing? Your desktop, laptop, on your Apple CarPlay. Don't care. Pull it up and just poke around because you're going to have more fun than you've ever had in your life. Don't hold me to that. I haven't been advised to say it. But on CBBanalytics.com, you can find so many good college basketball stats, not just for betting, but also simply to know the game better. You want to take a look at Ohio State and how they do when Bowen Hardman is in based on when he's not in and Ohio State's best lineups? Guess what? You can find that on cbbanalytics.com. You want to take a look at combos, the best combos that Ohio State can throw out there, or Minnesota. You can do that on cbbanalytics.com. You can see on-off splits, differentials. You can build a bunch of different graphs and so much more on cbbanalytics.com. You can use code SHOT, that's short for Views from the Shot Podcast. That's S-C-H-O-T-T to get an entire month free. Highly recommend you get there. I use it to build my show every single day. And many Division One programs, including potentially Minnesota and definitely Ohio State, use college basketball analytics to be prepared for their next game and self-scout. cbbanalytics.com. Use the code SHOT to get an entire month free. I am doing my best to just rattle through this because I've got a lot of content here that I want to get through. And the fun thing for you is that you always know how long this episode will be. I never do because it's real time. It's live. When you're listening, you see that number on the on the right of your screen showing, hey, this episode is this long. Try to keep them 30 to 35 minutes. Sometimes they go to 36, 37, 38. And for that, I apologize for misleading you. All right, keys to the game. Number one for Ohio State, as if, where is that team even located? Is it UNLV? Are they the running Rebels? Who's the running Rebels? Doesn't matter. Kind of does matter to me. I'm going to look that up after the show. Not now, though. Uh, Number one, 
Speaking of running Rebels, for Ohio State, keep the game, keep on running. Would you keep on running Ohio State? The Buckeyes dominated against Purdue when they first turned turnovers. They scored seven points in transition against Purdue, which is not a lot at all, but it is way more than Ohio State usually scores. Minnesota averages 12 turnovers per game. If Minnesota averages 12 turnovers per game, Ohio State only forces 10, but those 12 turnovers per game are above average. You're going to get the chance based on a little bit because Minnesota loves to pass the ball a lot. That ball does not stick there for the Golden Gophers. That's not something... These two teams, Ohio State, Minnesota, very different with how they handle the basketball. That is one very, very apparent way. Minnesota will not stick the basketball. You'll have a chance to get out in the passing lanes in this one. If you can force turnovers and go freaking run because your half-court offense isn't that great as of right now, although it was better against Purdue, you're going to have a shot and a real shot to win this game. So number one for Ohio State, keep on running when that opportunity is presented. Number two for Ohio State. This is profound. Follow defensive keys. Now, this starts with Jake Diebler, okay? This team needs to be prepared, and they need to execute how to defend each player along with specific screen calls because this is a very, very heavy screen team is Minnesota. They're a great shooting team from the field because of all the eye candy that they use, and the Buckeyes were fantastic guarding Zach Eady. Jake Diebler, is this another, another, another scam call? You'll have to tell me at some point, maybe in the offseason, if these continue. You know, if I get a scam call, should I just pick it up and see what happens? Is that legal? Depends on the state, actually. I don't know about the state of Ohio. I believe it's legal in the state of Ohio, even without consent. It's certainly legal in Minnesota. Just ask Lane Kiffin. Um, but then again, what they're doing in India is also not legal. So uh, who, who am I to worry about laws and such? Maybe I should pick up a call at some point. Follow defensive keys is what we're talking about here. Ohio State, again, fantastic against Zach Eady in this one. Jake Diebler said all five have to guard him. And Ohio State did just that. There were several possessions in this one where against Purdue. You have got to be kidding me. I'm going to lose my freaking... Uh, it's, it's a FaceTime. It's it's not a scam caller. And frankly, you don't care about what's going on my phone. So I move on. Um, you saw times where there were three, four players guarding Zach Eady clamping him up hitting him up with pressure and this is a far different matchup but this defense still needs to be just as alert again it starts with Diebler it starts with the team being prepped with different defensive keys and game plan and and understanding how to defend screens but if the Buckeyes defend screens really really well in this one they go through the window something that you would like to see you want to see when there is a screen being taken taking place you want to see a window opened up between your player and between the screener. And you want to see that player that should be getting screened to go through that window. That's what you want to see. Open up that window, Ohio State, when you're getting screened. So those are the two keys to the game I've got for this one. Banger bet. You want to make some money on this one? I mean, would we? Would Come on. How in the world would we not bet on Jamison Battle? He just scored 19 points against Purdue. Went off against them in the second half. Pretty much won the game for Ohio State. I mean... Three possessions in a row with three pointers. That that type of momentum swing, hard to come by. That was huge. Um, Minnesota, really bad against corner threes this season. 
And when you look at shooting zones, like, sure, yeah, that does, it absolutely means something. I don't know if it necessarily means as much as I'd like as I'd like it to, but it is important. And Jameson Battle, at least from the right corner this season, is shooting 45%. From the left corner, he's at 33%. Not great. Not awful, but behind the three-point line, wherever you look, he's really, really good. Minnesota, not the best three-point defensive team. And, of course, Battle scored 25 in the first matchup. Revenge game, revenge game, revenge game, final game at Minnesota. And his family likely will be there too, right? You would assume I should ask him that. I haven't, but I should. So, with that in mind, Jameson Battle, three-pointers, over. Points, over. Hmm whatever else you can think of, over. Let's take Jameson Battle and, and ride off into the sunset. Okay, prediction of this one. Oh, this one's going to be really, really hard to predict. On the one hand, okay, you've got a team with a new coach, that's Ohio State, fully bought into this new coach who just beat a top 1% team in all of college basketball. And for all we know, Purdue could be the number one team in the nation given that UConn just lost to Creighton last night. So, Ohio State could have just beaten a team that was number two, could be number one, coming out on Monday with the new AP poll, which we don't give a crap about regardless. But, so you've got that going for you. On the other hand, this is the same roster that hasn't won on the road since the football team, Ohio State's football team. You, you realize this? The last time Ohio State won a road game was the same exact day, technically the same exact day that the Ohio State football team rung in the new year with a shanked kick to end its season against Georgia. Do you realize that it's been that long since the Ohio State men's basketball team has won a freaking road basketball game? That's insane. Come on. Come on, Ohio State basketball. So you're like, yeah, maybe I'll buy into Ohio State. And then you're like, oh, shoot. When I was weeping on the floor over Noah Ruggles shanking a kick because Ohio State doesn't have a special teams coordinator worth his weight in anything. Paper. I don't care. Whatever you want to call it. Um, no longer there with the program. I'm not an Ohio State football expert, but I I, I would like to pretend that I, I, I know ball. Um, when you have that going for you, it's hard to believe that a team can win on the road. But at some point, they have to, right? Where can Minnesota be beat? Number one, turnovers. Talked about it before, but guys don't force a lot of turnovers. So I don't know how much we can look into that. Number two, low paint scoring, second chance scoring. Both of those very low for Minnesota. Ohio State is good in this area. So they can really suck the life out of Minnesota. Minnesota gives up a lot of points in the paint. Can Bruce Thornton continue his hot floater? Can Zed Key, Felix Akpara, Evan Mahaffey? Evan Mahaffey, by the way, he needs a little bit more love from Buckeye Nation. He's played really well over the past couple of weeks. Really adjusted well in his sophomore season and first year with Ohio State. So, when you're trying to look for matchups, when we're trying to look for where is one team really, really good, how does that other team perform? Well, we don't really have a lot of secrets to unlock in this one. This is going to be a hard game to pick. I assume this is going to be like a two-point one team is favored. I don't know if it's going to be Minnesota or Ohio State. The spread is going to be tiny, and I don't think that I want to touch it. But... Why not pick Ohio State? If they can beat the number one overall seed, Purdue, they were the number one overall seed at that time, based on what the NCAA selection committee had communicated to us, why can't they beat Minnesota on some random Thursday night in February? Give me the Buckeyes. Give me the good vibes that come with picking them. 
I'm taking Ohio State because at some point they got to win a road game, and I'm calling it now. It's going to be against Minnesota, if not for any other reason, for the good vibes. And the vibes are not horrible right now at Ohio State basketball, so we can be thankful for that. I appreciate you listening to today's show. We will be back on Friday morning to review Ohio State's game against Minnesota and see if we really have something to be excited for to close out this season. But until then, I'm going to go curse out a few scam callers. That's not true. I would never curse out anyone. That's not the right thing to do. Kind people. Uh, and I will also actually shut up before you shut me off. Thanks for listening. Go Bucks.